Stick, Cut to the Race podcast. Hello, my name is Ron Mylander, and you're listening to the Formula Nerds podcast. Hi, I'm Rosanna Tennant, and you are listening to the incredible Cut to the Race podcast. Hi, I'm Jordan King, and you're listening to the Formula Nerds podcast. Hi, I'm Crofty. You're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights out, and away we go! Hello and welcome to the Cut to the Race podcast. It is just me and Dan here today to discuss the Mexico City Grand Prix. So this could be a slightly short episode. I'm not sure. We'll see how we get on. Um, Dan the Bottas fan, how are you today, sir? I am okay today because I have had a day to reflect, a day to think about what happened in the race. And I'm okay. I'm, I'm taking the positives from the weekend, which there were a lot of. Yep. But it's it's a blessing for um, probably our listeners, actually, that the Mexico City Grand Prix was on in the evening in the UK, which meant we didn't have the time to record and edit a podcast on the race day like we tried to. So it is now Monday on the day of the recording. Therefore, you're not going to get an angry Dan because there was an angry Dan yesterday. Do Do you know what? It wasn't even anger. I was just really upset. Uh, what played out and then after the race stuff that happened made me even more upset which we'll get to we will we will um let's let's um is is there anything to call out from practice this weekend i don't really think there is is there i don't think there was anything anything particular the atmosphere was great all the way through friday which was pretty damn cool every time perez went past but no don't think any incidents Happened. No, I mean, it, let's talk about the atmosphere because I, I said I wanted to go to Mexico for the atmosphere, right? Certainly not for the uh, the race, unless it's just lap one. Yeah, but it it's was, ex- wasn't wasn't great. It, it's an expensive way to go for one lap, but um, yeah, that, that the Mexican crowd—they were there in full force of supporting Sergio Perez this weekend. I mean, it, it was wicked. Um, my only view here is. Just put your mobile phones down and enjoy the atmosphere because it's it's ridiculous. Do you know what? I was going to say exactly the same thing later. There were certain scenes after the race where a very happy Sergio Perez's dad was in camera shot. Did not have a phone, did not have a camera, didn't have anything. He was just living in the moment and I've never seen a man happier. And it was so nice to see. I know, right? And imagine being uh, Sergio... Anyway, we'll get there. But Sergio Perez did finish on the podium. Spoiler alert from Dan. Um, Sorry about that. Spoiler alert. Don't watch the race either, but we'll get there. Um, One of our our writers, uh, Delilah, I'm going to just shout out to her because one of uh, her article today was titled Who Had a Fiesta and Who Had a Siesta in Mexico, which I thought was quite intelligent. So that's really what we're going to cover here today. Um, qualifying, Dan. I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it over to you because you do like qualifying, don't you? Especially when a certain Finn is on pole. Yes, Bottas being on pole, but Bottas being on pole, I'm used to. He's done it 19 times. He's a very good driver. That lap was unbelievable. And I, I haven't spoken to anyone yet that's said otherwise. That lap was absolutely ridiculous. Bottas only has eight toes now to go on our joke. They sent him out without a toe again. Ollie, Ollie is laughing. He's on mute. That joke did get a good reception, just so the listeners know. Um, they were laughing with us, don't worry. <laughs> um, yeah, so they sent Bottas out without a toe to tow Hamilton round. And then purple, purple, purple. We put it on pole. What a, what a lap that was. That was... Unbelievable! I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Ridiculously good lap. No, do you know what I've got to say? I know a lot of our listeners, list, uh, you know, tune in especially to hear us rip down apart, which will happen on this show. But um, yeah, he was positioned to help Lewis Hamilton, um, obviously, to get the pole. And out of nowhere, I mean, I, I nearly dropped my dropped my drink watching it. It was it was an incredible lap. I'll absolutely give him that. And especially now we know the the sort of the pace that the Red Bull had. Do you, do you think the Red Bull scenario in Q3 where um, Perez went off had anything to do with it? Or Nope, I don't. Um, 
Toto Wolff said after qualifying, just very quickly on Mercedes, he said that when Bottas went back to the garage after Q2, they suggested a load of, set, a load of setup changes to his car, and Bottas went, nope, 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 nope. He liked the car exactly how it was, and then, boom, put it on pole, so fair enough to him. Um, and the whole Perez scenario, no, I don't think it made a difference, because Max was two tenths behind already, behind Bottas's time, by the time that he got to that Perez scenario, maybe he would have been on the front row, but I don't think he would have been on pole, to be honest. And both of Bottas's laps were good enough for pole. Even the second one that he didn't improve on was good enough for pole. But um, the thing that annoyed me more about that was Christian Horner saying that they got synoded. You, you can't say that when he's your junior driver. You, you cannot say that. Yeah, I mean... I, I, I've just, I've just sort of held on to something you said there, Dan. Why would Toto Wolf suggest a load of setup changes going into Q3 once you've sort of got your head around the car, right? Well, it wasn't Toto Wolf that suggested them. It was the Mercedes mechanics, uh, sorry, engineers that suggested them. But Toto would saw... be the approver, wouldn't he? Yeah, they obviously saw stuff on the data, but Bottas knew that was from him. I'm not going to say messing up, but from him slightly getting it wrong rather than the car. You know, for him to have that authority within himself to be like, nope, you know, they're the experts. And he was like, nope, not having any of that. No way. Nope, I like it how it is. A little bit of understeer here, a little bit of oversteer there. Don't need to put so much power down there to go quicker. And he absolutely smashed it. Yeah, he did. And um, <clears throat> so, I mean, it was both a Mercedes on the front row, obviously. Uh, Bottas taking pole, like we've said. Lewis Hamilton in second. Uh, 200th behind him. The two Red Bulls with Max first, uh, sorry, third, and then Sergio fourth. Do we think they were setting up for the race or do you, Dan, think that was genuine one lap pace that we saw? I just think they messed up qualifying. I think they would have loved a front row lockout. I just think they got it, I got it wrong. Um, mm. I mean, it worked out all right. Worked out all right. You know, we said before qualifying, maybe pole and second wasn't the, weren't the best spots in Mexico anyway, a bit like Russia. Yeah. But no, I just think Red Bull messed up qualifying, to be honest. They didn't get it right when they needed to, and Mercedes took full advantage of it. Yep. Uh, and, and I mean, you know, as we know, there's always chaos. Well, as we saw again, there's always chaos in lap one in Mexico. Uh, I think we need to give a special shout out to our man, Pierre Gasly, my driver of 2020, um, securing P5. Um, yes, he was he, he was a fair chunk off Valtteri Bottas's time, but he's still P five, which was you know an awesome an awesome result for Gasly. Sorry, the surprising thing about that is that we're not surprised. He's been putting in these consistent performances. Uh, perform, per, performances. performances. That is a, performances is a word. It is. Oh, he's been he's been putting in these consistent performances all year now. He's absolutely sensational and deserves a better car than that Alpha Tauri. But you know, it is, it is what it is. It is what it is. For sure. I mean, I, I think one of the one of the shockers for me, I think, was Daniel Ricciardo did okay. Well, he did pretty well in qualifying, but Lando, it wasn't usual Lando, was it? Uh, P ten. Yeah, but he was starting from the back anyway, so yep. he was very much a team team player in that qualifying. Q three was irrelevant by that point. You know, there were loads of drivers of shots that were starting from the back. We had. Lando, we had Lance Stroll who binned it in Q1. Uh, so he nearly started his flying lap. His car kind of crept over the line, but in a mangled heap. So that doesn't really count. Um, I believe Alonso was he starting from the back. Russell uh, had a Ocon. five place Ocon. Russell had a five place penalty for a new gearbox because he his broke in FP2, I believe. And Sonoda, or was that just bad? And, Sno and Sonoda, sorry, yeah. Sonoda, yes, yes, Sonoda started from the back as well. He also got through to Q3, though, so fair play. Fair play yep. there. He helped Gasly out and then supposedly got in the way of the Red Bulls, but I don't think he did, did anything wrong at all. So all of that put Nikita Mazepin in P15 starting the race. Um, I'm just looking at the times here. George Russell, who started in 16th, was... 1.2 seconds faster than the driver starting ahead of him in qualifying. That's quite that funny. That just shows how slow the Haas is. It really <laughs> does. Because, I mean, yeah, Nikita maybe isn't the best driver. He's not one second slower than a Williams. And, you know, it was when I was there at Silverstone, you see how slow the Hasses are. Like, after one lap, they've dropped. And then after five laps, they're nowhere. 
it's only when you're in person because they're not shown on TV that you realise just how slow those cars. I mean, they're still incredible. They're still incredibly quick, but compared to the rest of the field, they are absolutely nowhere. So I'm not sure you can entirely judge Mick and Nikita's ability this season. No, no, indeed. And, um, you know, it, it's, I hate to say it, but how long was it before he was in last again? Um, well, he had, a, he had a very good start. Got up to P11 at one point. Yeah, he did. He did. And then just kind of fell. <laughs> backwards quite quickly <laughs> indeed indeed we're going to take a very quick break and then we're going to talk everything you need to know about the mexico city grand prix stay there support for the cut to the race podcast is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming champions of the world manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels Manscaped's just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawmower 4.0. You heard it right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With this exclusive offer just for Formula Nerds listeners, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FORMULANERDS at manscaped.com. That's code FORMULANERDS at manscaped.com. So if we talk about the Mexico City Grand Prix, we have to start at, I think, the National Anthem, don't we, Dan? Where you were, you were loving life. Do you know what? I quite, liked, I quite enjoyed the anthem. People online were saying they didn't like it. I quite, you're very upbeat, very happy. I quite liked it. What did you think? See, I, I, I would have expected it to be the other way around. We did mention the USA Grand Prix National Anthem as well um, on the last race review where... I thought that would be the real big, bold one. Not the Mexican one, but yeah, it, it was good. I, I wasn't expecting it, but yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, I think you may have enjoyed it more because of who was starting on pole. I think your vibe may have just been good at that time. Quite the opposite. It stresses <laughs> me out when he's on pole. Quite the opposite. I dread it a lot more when he's on pole. Yeah, I can, I can, I can see why. Um, so, uh, everyone who's seen the race has been waiting for this moment, the start of the race. Um, it's only right that Dan the Bottas fan should talk us through, um, where, what should we say? The, the incidents before, before turn one? Yeah, I think, no, no, it was after, it was just, just when they came out of turn one. During turn one. During turn one. <laughs> well, out <clears throat> away we go. Bottas got... An average start. It wasn't bad. It wasn't incredible. It was kind of he drove average. off. Yep. Yeah. You know, nothing special. <laughs> nothing special. I don't know why I try to explain what average means. Yeah. Um, Lewis did get a very quick start next to him, and then Max and Perez had decent starts behind them. But the slipstream in Mexico is so powerful. So Max was immediately right on the tail of Lewis and Bottas, and then everyone, including Lewis Hamilton, has said that Bottas left the door open for Max Verstappen. Which to go around the outside, which I don't think is true at all. He leaves the door open on the outside, Max goes on the outside. He moves to the outside to cover that, Max goes on the inside near a Lewis. What else was he meant to do? Lewis was focusing on turn one, fair enough. I don't think Bottas had much choice there. If he'd covered the outside, Max would have gone to the inside and then been wheel, wheel to wheel with Lewis, which is not good, given they crash quite a lot. Um, <clears throat> and then, uh, and then, and then, and then. Bottas braked very early because I think this was an orchestrated move by Mercedes to let Hamilton through into turn one and then Bottas to be used as a blockade. But no one anticipated Max turning into the world's latest breaker with a phenomenal move around the outside. Like, outside? Outside. Um, no matter who you support, that move was absolutely ridiculous. And he managed to get round both Mercedes, every other car, and pulled away. Bottas, because he braked so early, then lost the place to Hamilton as well, went round the corner, Daniel Ricciardo locked up, ploughed into Bottas, sent him into a spin. Bottas spun round, Ocon saw Bottas, panicked, hit Sonoda and Mick Schumacher. So Daniel Ricciardo's lock-up here has caused four race-changing incidents. Was it investigated for a penalty? No. What is all that about? <laughs> Dan has literally just acted this whole scene out with his hands. I'm not sure if he even realised he was doing it. He was even turning the wheel. I, did. <laughs> I, I, I had no idea. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know I was doing that. 
Um, so, yeah, to, to summarise, I'd say everyone was a pretty average start apart from Max. I've just rewatched it uh, as before we started recording. Um, like you said, Bottas braked early. I agree with that entirely. And I'm just going through frame by frame to make sure my, my thoughts on this are as I remember them. Do you them. think it was an orchestrated move by Mercedes? To let I didn't say through? that. I didn't say that. No, 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 I'm asking. It was a question. Bottas... Right, let me just watch it one more time. It, 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 I think it was. There's no way he would have braked that earlier. Bottas didn't defend. He didn't, didn't defend. He didn't defend his... No, he didn't even move over. And what I will say is that going into that corner, he braked early and he didn't turn in when he probably should have. I think he was being generous. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's tricky because he... I, from what I think, I think he knew that he needed to let Lewis through. He, no, but no one anticipated what Max did. Max isn't known for breaking really late, but oh my God, he broke. He was near enough, you know, he was nearly in America by the time he broke. Just looking at this replay, uh, I've just paused it at the 100 metre board. Um, Verstappen is slightly out of out of picture to the left, but he, he, he's in the lead. You've then got Bottas in the middle at this point in P2. Um, with Lewis just behind, but on the inside in P3. Followed by Perez, obviously, behind them. As they go into it, like you said, Max just, he, he, he almost forgets to break. Bottas breaks ridiculously early, doesn't turn. Lewis g- goes... Dan, I'm going to have to say it. Looking at this, it's an, it's, it is exactly what you've called it. It's too obvious to, to, to not say it. It is. There's no way Bottas was breaking that early otherwise. It wasn't wet, it wasn't damp, his tyres weren't... Well, actually, I was going to say his tyres weren't particularly cold. They probably were quite cold, because he was sat on the grid for a while. And, oh, what's his name? The Mercedes guy that talks to the FIA, Ron Meadows, he made the point of that. He said that they were sat there for ages before the last cars. So, yeah, but he didn't need to break that early. It was an orchestrated move. I am almost sure of it. It was, and when you pause it just as they're going into the corner, Lewis perfectly takes the lead. Bottas perfectly blocks off Perez, but what they didn't account for, like you said all along, Dan, I hate to say it when you're right, but they didn't account for Max Verstappen. They also didn't account for someone else. <laughs> no, well, yeah, funny that. No, no, no one accounted for Max. You know, Toto said he was surprised. Lewis said he was surprised. Bottas didn't really say a lot after the race. Christian Horner said he was surprised. You know, no one saw that coming. I didn't. You I, didn't. I, th- I thought by rewatching this frame by frame, talking it through, I would st- I would disagree with your theory there. But I've just repeated everything you've said. I speak the truth occasionally, but. My theory here is that that, that caught Danny Rick off. <laughs> and mean, that's what it caused would, it. It would have caught Danny Rick off, but you have to react to the driver in front of you. Like, ultimately, if I'm going to link it to Hungary, because it's the only other case I can think of where there was a turn one lockup that caused an incident, and I know it was a bit worse, Bottas was caught out by Lando breaking really early. That had a lot worse consequences, admittedly. But that is why Bottas hit Lando, and everyone was like, that's Bottas's fault, blah, 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 blah. Yes, Bottas broke early, but Danny Rick should have known and stopped himself then locking up and ploughing into him. You you can't blame Bottas for that. That's a really interesting comparison. This is very much like that race where Bottas did his um, bowling pins, except there weren't bowling pins to hit here. But Danny Rick's done pretty similar. He's done Uh, exactly the same. He's done exactly the the same. Only difference is the outcome. And there was no penalty. There was not even... It wasn't even noted... It was put down as a lap one incident. Nothing about that incident was anyone's fault except Daniel Ricciardo. So Danny and I don't Rick, see how you can disagree with that. He he did say, um, he said during the race that he felt like that was his fault, right? Um, but he's changed his mind on that being his fault. Um, I don't see how. I I cannot see how. I quote Danny Ricciardo here. My memory of turn one was obviously that I had a good start. It was looking pretty good. I went to the inside of Perez, and I do remember locking at one point, replaying it in my head over the next 70 laps, I thought I locked up and went straight into Valtteri. But then looking at the replay, it looked like I locked in the straight line phase, but then actually recovered before turning in. And it looked like there was just not enough room. 
Obviously, Valtteri came across, probably expecting to have a bit of clear check. And then there was Perez and me. So I don't really blame Valtteri, obviously. I'm the one that hit him, but honestly, looking at the replay, I think that's just a first lap incident and a matter of maybe me being optimistic. What do you think, then? Yeah, but it's it's not, because if he hadn't have locked up, he wouldn't have hit Bottas. Bottas took the corner normally, a bit later than planned, but he took the corner normally. If Danny, uh, Daniel Ricciardo hadn't have locked up, he wouldn't have hit Bottas, Bottas wouldn't have spun round, and it would have been a very different race. And, you know... I don't know how it wasn't even noted. I think that stewards must have been, you know, watching the NASCAR at the same time or something. No, the, 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 FIA, the FIA did look into it briefly. There was nothing on the screen. <laughs> they de- they decided it was nothing. a racing incident. They did look at it. Yeah, I, I cannot understand that. We've seen five second penalties given for much, much less than that. And, yeah. you know, he was lucky to get away with that a 10 second penalty there. He's ruined four races. Because Ocon wouldn't have had to avoid Bottas and therefore hit Mick and Yuki. Mm-hmm. And I don't see how that's not being seen by everyone else. I mean, I know I'm normally biased, but I don't think that is biased. I think that's just saying what I see. Okay, well, st- sticking with the sort of the term one, because this is the only thing that happened in this race, Hamilton has said very publicly that Bottas left the door open to Verstappen at the start of this Grand Prix. This hasn't gone down very well. And what, with me or with everyone else? Uh, it's not gone down well with anyone. Even Max Verstappen has said that uh, some of the comments, especially from Toto Wolf, have been unfair towards um, Bottas. Lewis was essentially saying, Lewis was there protecting his inside of the, of the track. Valtteri should have been there protecting the outside of the track. But he didn't, and he let, um, left the door open. As I said earlier, he protects the outside of the track. Max is going to the inside, and then he's just going to be even nearer Lewis. I don't see what else Bottas was meant to do in that situation. Anyway, on to my Neither thoughts on that comment. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, what did what didn't you say? Lewis put something something on 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 the gram. Lewis did put something on the gram um, regarding what he said. He said this. He put this on there. We're recording this at what's the time? Eight o'clock on Monday night. So he put this on there an hour ago, so about 7 o'clock Monday evening. He said, we all have bad days. We live and we learn. Yesterday I said that VB left the door open and naturally people would jump to criticise. Yeah, funny that. We are a team and we win and we lose as a team. There is not a single person responsible for winning or losing. We do it together, good or bad. You may be able to beat us, but you can't break us. On to the next one, Valtteri. Let's keep pushing, bro. That has got all of the signs of Mercedes PR team written all over that. And Lewis is annoying me a bit because we win as a team, we lose as a team. He says it all the time. They win as a team, they don't lose as a team. If they lose, it's not his fault. After Monaco, when he had a terrible race in the media, uh, Ziggo Sports said, oh, what have you got to learn? Lewis goes, me? Nothing. The team? A lot. And he's blaming Bottas very openly here. The man he is relying on to help win this championship. Bottas pitted four times in this race to do everything he could to get Lewis to win the championship to take the fastest lap point away from Max. We'll get to that in a bit, though. The fact that he then so openly blamed his teammate is ridiculous. And Toto Wolf, <laughs> I've got, yeah, not his Toto Wolf's biggest fan, to be honest. I love Toto Wolf as a guy, but some of the stuff he says, it's just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Like I mentioned Horner on Sonoda earlier. This was, I can't understand why you would so openly criticise someone that you need to perform at their best for you. Bottas has been on flames since he's moved to Alpha. He, d- he was nowhere yesterday in the race because he was stuck behind the man that took him out because of the straight line speed of the McLarens. <sighs> right, front over. But I just think it's ridiculous what's been said in the media that openly. Yep, that, 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 that's the media. We, we will go back to Toto Wolf after this uh, race and something that he said. But there's also a social media war erupting, isn't there, Dan? <laughs> now, Mercedes have been... Mercedes have been getting very loud on the Twitter recently. They have Their um, social media Twitter admin has been getting quite feisty. He's been liking... To, someone put a tweet out and they said... Um, the Mercedes F1 team consoling Sonoda online after he was abused by his own team bosses, a new load for the driver programme. Mercedes like that. They like loads of tweets like that, saying how bad Red Bull were. So Red Bull put a tweet out about an hour ago um, showing the video of Daniel Ricciardo taking out Bottas, and I will say taken out because that's what he did. 
with the caption, we got by with a little help from our friends. Daniel Ricciardo used to drive for Red Bull Racing. He would be considered their friend. So what Red Bull is saying here is that helped them out massively. Mm -hmm. And it annoyed me. (laughs) But, you know, what can you do? Yeah. Um, One of the messages that they did like, I've just found one of them. Um, The Mercedes official account liked this tweet. And I quote, The Red Bull Academy is so toxic, Horner and Marco will happily throw anyone but Max under the bus. Mercedes liked that tweet. They're right. They're right. But I (laughs) genuinely think the same could be said for Mercedes. They will throw anyone other than Lewis under the bus. It's never Lewis's fault. Yep. Lewis could fly off and hit a barrier in Imola. Well, he did. He hit the barrier. No, that was George Russell's fault. That wasn't Lewis's fault. Russell was in the way. Lewis was trying to lap him. No, it wasn't. Lewis just missed the corner. (laughs) The same same could be said. Um, And Lewis was also commenting about... I can't remember exactly what he said, but Lewis was... He said, oh, it shows the car's quick because Checo is close to me. What he said, and I I told you... you got the quote? Yeah, I told you all yesterday this would absolutely light up. The minute I heard it, Lewis said, post-race, when Checo is on your tail, you know the car is fast. I... That's, you Ouch. can't defend that. That is Ouch. an awful thing to say. <laughs> well, Lewis has tried to defend it. He's been back on the Instagram to put a statement out. And he said, just want to make sure people don't read what I was saying yesterday, what I was saying wrong yesterday. I have a lot of respect for at Sergio Perez and think he's doing a great job in his new team. He's improved so much this season and I know how hard it is to progress with a new team. It takes time. My comment was simply following another car in Mexico is the hardest thing due to the low drag we all have. That's why there is very little over overtaken however he was able to follow so closely which highlights just how much more downforce they were able to carry big up Checo for keeping it clean fist bump emoji <laughs> yeah but he did that is so that. degrading that he is didn't... so degrading number one it's degrading he's doing so well I know how hard that is but he didn't say that and our listeners will know I'm a Lewis Hamilton fan but when Checo is on your tail you know the car's fast come on man <laughs> Uh, that was it was that was very 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 poor wording and whether he meant it like that or not only Lewis knows he had a similar incident in Turkey when Ocon went the whole race on a set of inters and Lewis was really unhappy he pitted and I think it was Rachel Brooks from Sky brought it up and Lewis said well Ocon went the whole race on one set oh I definitely could have done it then he's had a couple of incidences like this he just needs to be a bit careful in the media pen does does Mr Hamilton yeah, I think Mercedes need to have a need to tell him what to say again because clearly they, they haven't been doing it well enough. Mind you, the social media admin clearly isn't going to be telling him anything. They're going on a mad one recently with the tweets they've been liking. Yeah, is, is, is there um, is there brand director left or something? I mean, it, it's yeah, it, it is it is opening up a bit, but this is the drama that F one causes, and these are the things we have to talk about when not much happens in a race. Um, what we can say, though, is that uh, Max Verstappen took the lead in turn one and cruised to what I would say was a very dominant, well-deserved victory. Would you agree with uh, Max Verstappen's uh, race summary that I've just given, Dan? Well, he didn't do anything wrong, did he? You know, he did. He locked up once. Oh, he did, <laughs> yes. Going, into, going yeah. into the stadium, he locked up once and lost... 0.2 seconds. Yeah. It was a flawless race. The Red Bull pit crew were on fire. They yep. stopped. I don't think they had a single one over 2.5 seconds, which is more than can be said for Mercedes, but we'll get to that. <laughs> but no, Max didn't put a foot wrong. He is absolutely proving why he should be a world champion this year. And, you know, I would rather Lewis win it. I'm not afraid to say that. But Max is doing absolutely incredibly. And, you know, he's showing that week after week, track after track. Indeed. Uh, we're going to talk about some of, the, some of the things that happen behind Max and more in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Support for the Cut to the Race podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawmower 4.0. You heard it right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. 
with this exclusive offer just for Formula Nerds listeners. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code Formula Nerds at manscaped.com. That's code Formula Nerds at manscaped.com. So back to the Mexico City Grand Prix, we've spoken about um, the dominant performance, well, in whatever detail we had to talk about over uh, Max Verstappen. There's not many talking points from from this race, let's be realistic. That's why I've handed it over to you. <laughs> I've got quite, he's given me quite a difficult job here, which I do not appreciate, but I'll see what I can do. Um... Fun stat, Nicholas Latifi in P17 laps Nikita Mazepin, who was P18, which is quite embarrassing. P- sorry, P17 lapped P18. Latifi in P17 <laughs> lapped Mazepin in P18. So, what a ha- plonker. How many laps down was Mazepin then in the end? Was it three? Three. Because I, I know, and I'm not t- t- saying this to wind you up, down the Bottas fan, but I know Bottas was two down, so that would mean that... Mazepin was three down, right? Yeah, Mazepin was the only driver to be three laps down. In fact, well, Mazepin was last on track. And the guy that was second last lapped him, (laughs) which is (laughs) quite embarrassing. Um, Do you know what I might do? Here's something I might do, just for entertainment. I might re-watch the Mexico City Grand Prix. No one's ever said that before. Um, But on F1 TV, on board with Nikita Mazepin. Good tactic if you want to have a little, you know, mid-afternoon nap, something to send you off. Siesta. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) You missed that one. Um, Damn it. It's right, cut yours out. Cut yours out. If they want to have a siesta. (laughs) But clearly, more happened in his race, or sorry, less happened, but would have been more entertaining than than the rest of the field. But um, Avoiding blue flags. Yeah, indeed. Um... I'm literally struggling to think of things to talk about here other than the whole fastest lap saga, but we'll get to that. Um, Antonio Giovinazzi, he's gone. He, he's not He's not staying at Alpha. This week, I've thought it, um, when the race finished, he crossed the line and he's, you know, race engineer said, you know, oh, well done, race over. And he went, yeah, cheers guys, thanks for the strategy. Dead sarcastic. Yeah. And he was speaking to Sky Italy after the race and he said, today I am disappointed and angry. The team called me, but so called me into the pits, but I came out behind Ricardo and Bottas. The pace was slower and I lost the whole gap. When I went out, the tyres were already gone. When the others made their pit stop, they were all faster. It was a completely wrong strategy. Until today, I didn't believe that the team could do anything to ruin me, but now I'm disappointed. And he has a point. He went from P7 to out of the points, purely based on his strategy. And this is a man that is fighting, or was fighting, for his F1 seat. And he, it's like he's fighting for an F1 seat with no legs. Like, the, the team are doing everything they can to stop him, it seems. Mm-hmm. And I know all about that from being a Bottas fan. So I do feel for Giovinazzi. I really, really do. Yeah, so, I mean, he's, he's claimed the team sabotaged him. Um, I, I've seen quite a few tweets over the last day saying, yep, he's gone. I, I tend to agree with you there. Um, I don't think they sabotaged him. I think they just made a complete cock-up. Yeah, no, I don't think they sabotaged him, but the fact that one would even say that when you were driving an F1 car um, says that's um, not a good situation. No, it was it was very, very poor, and it does worry me, given that's where uh, Bottas is going next year. And, you know, I've, he's got away from Mercedes, so he doesn't keep getting shafted, but... I don't like mm-hmm. the sound of this, but I do feel bad for Giovinazzi. I really do. It's been a really tough couple of years for him. He's been in a slow car. He hasn't been able to show mm-hmm. what he what he's got, really. You know, I, I do feel bad for Gio, but what can you do? It, you know, his seat's not confirmed to be gone yet. It does seem like Guan Yu Zhou's going to get that seat, but who knows for 100%. Not me. Guan Yu, go for it. <laughs> That was terrible. That was awful. <laughs> that was absolutely I've been trying to think awful. of one for, for months, but I can't, can't do it. <laughs> can you go for it? you go, well, you go, you for, go it. for it? <laughs> go on, you show for it. Um, Jesus. Damn, okay. We'll have to come up with a better one. <laughs> that can't be hard, based on that one. Um, and then, have I, have I missed anything other than fastest lap? I can't think of anything else that happened in this race. Pit stops. Yep, they happened. 
<laughs> there, there was a slow one. <laughs> there was a slow one for Bottas. So that's fastest lap linked. I'm trying to think if there was a slow one for anyone else. I don't think was. I think the interesting thing, uh, it's a very nice segment from Pet Stops into Fastest Lap, of course. Um, but I certainly didn't realise that's what they were doing at the time. No, none of our team did. We were all going, oh, God, Monaco Part 2. I think even um, our friends at Sky mentioned Monaco, didn't they? Well, I mean, it was pretty obvious he was bo- So for a bit of context here, Max is running first with Fastest Lap. Um, so he gets the extra point for that. Bottas is still stuck behind Daniel Ricciardo, stuck behind the man that took him out at the start of the race. Um, <laughs> he's still the anger on your face there. I'm fuming. He's still stuck behind Danny Rick, and he's not going to get points. It, it wasn't the best strategy from Mercedes with Bottas anyway. He's not going to get points. Um, so the team have gone, OK, well, we'll use Bottas to take the fastest lap point away from Verstappen. Obviously, Bottas wouldn't get it because he's outside the top ten, but... If Verstappen doesn't get it, that's a bonus. So in came Bottas to the pits and had, I think it was a 10-second stop with exactly the same issue they had in Monaco. They just actually managed to get the wheel off this time. Um, So I don't know if it's their guns or their jackmen, but for a front-running team, they do make a lot of pit stop mistakes. Oh, hang on. I thought it was slow on purpose to give him space to track. No, that that was another pit stop. Oh God! Yeah, so no, there, so there the were four of them, run, weren't there? Yeah. So yeah. the first, so there was one after he crashed, <laughs> one during the race, and then one to fastest lap, and one after that. Um, so then he had that ten-second stop, which I thought he was going to retire in the box because it was Monaco V two, but he didn't. Um, drove out ahead of Max on track, obviously a lap or two down, um, and then was beh- no, sorry, he was behind Max on track. Max was just ahead, but because Bottas was on softs, he was a lot faster. So Bottas goes off, you know, setting his fastest lap, um, gets to the stadium section, and Max goes, oh, Bottas is behind me, just going to put the brakes on a bit, and completely ruins Bottas's fastest lap attempt um, all through the stadium section, just so Max could try and keep that point, which is quite ballsy, considering the speed Bottas was doing. Yeah. Um, so then Mercedes went, oh, bloody hell, right, back into the pits. Another set of soft tyres. They then dropped the jacks and he just sat there. Everyone went, oh, no. Um, but they were, yeah. they were just waiting for a gap on track. And then Bottas went out and finally did set the fastest lap to take the point away from Max with a new lap record. But for, for someone that's so openly criticised by his teammate and team boss, he's a very good man to keep helping the team like he does. He's a very, very good man. I'm sure there are contracts at play. <laughs> There's probably Which... contracts at play to stop people saying how crap he is from his own team. Well, yeah, I mean, he doesn't what... care. He's 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 going to he's going to um, Alpha. He doesn't care about Mercedes. No, well, it, yeah, it, okay. He he did he he did play by the team rules again. Um, I'm I'm finding this this battle now between Red Bull and Mercedes on track and off track really entertaining. You've reminded me about that fastest lap fiasco where um, Max slowed down. Um, it's all fun it well. and games over one point. That could make the difference, though. That really could make the difference. And you know, Perez has found his feet. Um, in that Red Bull car, finally. So that could make the difference in the constructors as well. That has stopped Red Bull being equal for Mercedes. That's kept Mercedes ahead by one point. So it could really make all the difference, as does being spun out by a freaking McLaren. (laughs) Well, it's uh, no surprise that uh, Max Verstappen won the Grand Prix. Um, P2, Dan? It was Lewis Hamilton. He held off Sergio Perez very, very well, actually. Perez was charging on fresher rubber, but mm-hmm. didn't quite overtake. I think what we saw in this Grand Prix was that overtaking wasn't particularly easy. <laughs> um, I think the, the, the Bottas is... and Ricardo scenario will um, confirm that as well. Yeah, um, McLarens aren't easy to overtake because they are very, very quick in a straight line. Lewis has shown that quite a lot this season, but the DRS zone just isn't long enough. It's a really long straight and a really small DRS zone, and then there's a couple more that are pointless. Mm-hmm. But if they just extend the DRS zone slightly, it'd be way better. So I mean, let's be honest. Mexico on it. Grand Prix are listening. Yeah, it, Perez yeah. should have had that P2, in my opinion. Um, based on the racing we see, he came up at such a pace, It's it was a shame he didn't get it. He earned it. 
Um, I actually wanted Perez oh. to win this race for the incredible scenes after, but he didn't. Perez finished yeah. in uh, P3, um, which was a great podium. We'll talk a little bit about that. But Mr. P4, man. I don't know who was P4. Was it Gasly? It was Gasly. Oh, fair play, Gasly. Well done, you. He's, he's, um, he's very, very good. Um, quick question, actually, that I've just thought of. You know, at the start of the race, Perez came on the radio and he said, oh, I messed up with Bottas. What was all that about? Because he didn't hit Bottas, it was Ricardo. Do you know what that radio message is actually about? No, I, 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 I don't, but your memory is much better than mine. <laughs> also, uh, scarred is the word. Um, <laughs> Perez came on the radio and he said, oh, sorry, I messed up with Bottas there. But he, it wasn't him that spun Bottas round, it was Ricardo's. So I don't know if Perez thought it was him. He may have thought that he caused a chain reaction of sorts. I, I'm not sure. No, maybe. No, it's just Ricardo forgetting that you have to break before a corner and ploughing into Bottas. It, it just it just does not sit right with me that he did that and then held Bottas up the whole race and got absolutely no penalty. I can't. I cannot understand that. But anyway, too late now. Indeed. Um, we had the two Ferraris. Uh, good result on their war with McLaren, finishing P5 and P6. That was Leclerc, uh, fifth, with Sainz in s- uh, sixth, sorry. Um, yeah, no, what just right. threw me off there completely, you may have noticed, um, was that Carlos Sainz in sixth finished a lap down. Are you mate. Actually, that's weird that Leclerc didn't finish the lap down because Ferrari did some really good teamwork. Um, Leclerc was ahead and Sainz was quicker, so Leclerc let Sainz pass to see if he could get Gasly. Sainz couldn't get Gasly, so he let Leclerc back through, which mm-hmm. was good teamwork. And Mercedes had done that before a couple of times with Hamilton and Bottas. Um, it surprises me that then Sainz was lapped. I didn't, didn't realise that. So, <laughs> Max Verstappen lapped every car up to sixth on the grid. Oh, sorry, up to fifth on the grid. Um, that's quite a scary statistic. It was a race earlier in the season where everyone except the podium was lapped. I can't remember what when it was. But there was a race where everyone except the podium was lapped. Um, and yeah, as we discussed earlier, I can confirm that uh, Nikita Mazepin finished three laps down. Uh, we didn't mention it, but Sonoda and Schumacher did not finish the race. Anything to add on that, Dan? Uh, no, I did mention it. They got that was Danny Rick's fault as well. He spun Bottas round. Ocon saw Bottas. Ocon panicked, hit Mick and Yuki. He did. Feel bad. Feel very bad for Yuki. He's had a tough weekend on track, and then he got shafted by someone that's meant to be supporting him and looking after him. So feel very bad for Yuki. However, the outpouring of love on social media for Yuki Sonoda, he has said himself he was amazed by. He was worried that people were going to go, for God's sake, you got in the rebel's way, how could you do such a thing? Which was quite the opposite, really. Everyone's gone, uh, Horner, that is not on. So, I'm glad. I like Yuki. I do as well. Should we do the driver's standings or the constructor's standings first? Let's do the driver's standings first. Okay, I'll do the drivers, you do the constructors. How about that? Okie dokie. Um, no surprise from uh, before this race, considering Max Verstappen won it, he has increased his lead. Uh, Max Verstappen is now 312.5 uh, points, with Lewis Hamilton behind on 293.5 points. So he has extended that gap. Um which is going to be pretty pretty tough now for Lewis to close that back down. Um, but in this sport, anything can happen. I'm pretty sure there's a DNF for Max Verstappen coming some point. Um, we will see what the racing gods... You predicted gods... that. The whole blimmin' race, you were going, no, Max is going to retire. Max is going to retire. I'm sat there going, he's not. And he didn't. I, I, I thought this because the racing gods um, usually spice things up at about this time of year. Um, or at least I thought they would this year. No. Uh, to make the season extend a little longer. But they didn't. Um, Bottas on 185 in third. You've got Perez in fourth, 165. So he has closed that gap. Um, Lando Norris, 150 in fifth. And Charles Leclerc in sixth with 138. Followed closely by Daniel Ricciardo. Uh, sorry, followed closely by Carlos Sainz with 130. Point five, and Daniel Ricciardo in eighth with a hundred and five. 
So that's starting to spread out a bit. I think the the battle for fourth could get interesting. Can can Norris overtake Perez? Do you reckon? Fifteen points mm. in it? No, I don't. I, I, no, maybe I don't Saudi so Arabia will be a very good track for McLaren, but I, I don't think he'll get back ahead of Perez. Uh, I think Perez. Norris has found his stride. Sorry, I think Perez has found his stride. Um, yeah. A little too much for, for Lando to take that back. But um, that is where we are after this Grand Prix. Um, where are we with the constructors? Quick shout out to Nikita Mazepin, by the way, who is currently 21st in a 20-car championship. You've got to respect the hustle from Mazepin. <laughs> um, constructors championship. Mercedes lead the way by a single point. They are on 478.5 with Red Bull Racing on 477.5. That Mercedes wow. were running away with that. Red Bull have gone none of that and wow. closed that gap. One point. If you said this One. to me at the beginning of the season, I would have said, Dan, get out of here. If you'd said this to me one race ago, I would have said, <laughs> Ollie, get out of here. Because Mercedes were running away with it. My but God. they're not now. One simple tap from a McLaren. Red Bull are right back in it. Because we, we mentioned, but Ricardo took Bottas out of this race. Uh, did you? Oh, I didn't see that bit. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> but it was all about the midfield constructors battle wasn't it I mean that was what the whole talk yeah. of this season was predicted to be was McLaren and Ferrari but <laughs> no, no sorry sorry the point that you you laughed at me when I said McLaren and Ferrari would be battling for third well I have to say you're not laughing now are you because Ferrari and McLaren <laughs> are battling are battling for third. Ferrari are currently in third with 268.5, with McLaren on 255 points. So very, very close. I can't do that maths that quickly in my head. But it is one result away from being instantly turned back on its head. Mm-hmm. Alpine, P5 with 106, level with AlphaTauri. Pierre Gasly putting in a mega shift there. So that's the battle for P5. Level? Level, 106 apiece. Wowee. When was the last time we've seen that? Not for a while. Not for a very long time. Since the um, first race of the season, I, I, I would say that's probably the last <laughs> yeah, time. Funny, funny that. <laughs> uh, well, Red Bull and Merck would be level if Bottas hadn't have pitted five times to get the four times even to get the fastest lap. Um, Aston Martin are definitely the disappointment of this season. They're down in seventh, 68 points. Williams in eighth with 23 Alfa Romeo ninth with 11 points thanks to some good work by Kimi yesterday despite Giovinazzi being shafted Kimi still got points and Haas F1 team are currently on a whopping zero points having got their highest finish of 12th achieved by a Mick Schumacher zero zero how many what round is this they have however got a fastest lap this season courtesy yes. of Nikita Mazepin <laughs> in Spa that I can't believe that still stands that's only has his second fastest lap ever <laughs> to get a fastest lap and not a point eh? wow Russell got a podium from that you think I care about the fastest lap no <laughs> I'm more bothered about the fact Russell got a podium I'm that. more bothered about the fact that that was considered a race but we won't so, go back uh, to Belgium um, cool no. so that is the end of the Mexico City Grand Prix review. But before we go, the, our favourite bits is our drivers of the day and our race ratings. Um, I'm glad I'm not going first. <laughs> Dan, what's your, who was that, driver that of the mean, day? That means, that, that means I am then. <laughs> um, <laughs> my driver of the day was... Can I say a villain of the day? Daniel Ricciardo. Driver of the day was Max Verstappen. And I don't like to say the winner, but that move at turn one was absolutely sensational. And then he did not put a foot wrong other than that slight lock up into the stadium. But it was it was incredible. Absolutely phenomenal. And oh, your race rating? Race rating? Uh, two. It was awful. It was absolutely awful. Nothing happened. It was dreadful. If you've listened to this much of this podcast and you're hearing this, you might be wondering why you bothered. But uh, Dan's giving it a two. That's the lowest... Is that the lowest ever? It must be. It must be. I mean, I was going to say one. It it was bad. It was only because Perez was hunting down Hamilton at the end that it's got a two. Oh, yeah, because we actually refused to do a race review of the Belgian Grand Prix, didn't we? Um... 
Well, so yeah, that doesn't that doesn't count. That doesn't count. Uh, I would say uh, it has to be Max Verstappen because nothing else stands out. Oh, so um, original. But, well, maybe, <laughs> it's either that or Lewis Hamilton, and I'd get slated if I said Lewis Hamilton. Guess uh, it. So my race rating is a one point five. Can't, you can't give it any more. Nothing no. happened in that race. It was no. absolutely dreadful. However, onwards and upwards. Indeed, we are going to Interlagos next week. Brazil. I absolutely love the Brazilian Grand Prix every year. Never disappoints. Ever since 2008, it's... You well. only love the Brazilian Grand Prix because it was Glock. That is the <laughs> yeah. only reason you love know, yeah. the Brazilian Grand Prix. No, is that Glock? Yes, it is. Oh, my goodness me. Um, yeah, saying, it, was, it was Glock. <laughs> That's the only reason you love the Brazilian Grand Prix. Yeah, it, well, and also we've had some amazing races there. We've had the Verstappen Masterclass there as well. Um, when it rains, it's a sprint race. It is a sprint race. It is a sprint race. Which means Hamilton and Verstappen are going to crash. Uh, statistics would suggest you are correct. However, listen to the news podcast midweek, midweek for a full race preview. Of course, we will say smooth. no more on this. Um, Dan's going to be back midweek um, talking about the Brazil Grand Prix and all of the rest of the fallout from the Mexico City Grand Prix. Um, Dan, thanks for joining me. Thank you. I'm glad that race weekend's over. It was genuinely awful. <laughs> what well, a shocker. There's a reason there's only two of us here. Uh, no one What's else wanted shocker? to talk about it. No, funny that. I'm surprised we've managed to get how long we about an hour? I'm surprised we managed to get about forty-five minutes to an hour out of that. Yeah, well, if it wasn't we for Bottas, <laughs> we would have been. Hello, welcome to the Mexican Grand Prix, and that is all we've got time for. That's all it would have been. Um, but again, thank you to our sponsors of this podcast, Manscaped. Get on that website, manscaped.com, uh, and use the code Formula Nerds for twenty percent off and free shipping on all that goodness. I'll um, see you next week for the Brazilian Grand Prix review, Dan. I will. I will be here for the Brazilian Grand Prix. Don't you worry about that. I'll be reviewing all of the action. And there will be lots. There's going to be more than this week. See you then.